Thanks for listening to our Faith Church podcast. Let's listen to today's message. You got your Bible this morning, Joshua chapter 3. I'm going to begin there, Joshua chapter 3. Be sharing something a little different uh, this, this morning for this particular service here. Joshua chapter 3. So we bring you greetings from the great city of Roxborough, North Carolina, Zion Christian Center. And uh, once again, we thank and praise God. If you're ever in the, uh, in the area there in North Carolina, please drop in and uh, visit with us there. Okay? We'd love to have you. Joshua chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. Joshua chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. And it reads, Yet shall there be a space between you and it, 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. Say that with me again this morning, amen. You have not passed this way before. You know, what that says to me is God was about to do something new in their life. Isn't that correct? He was about to do something new in their life. You have not passed this way before. And Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. I want to speak to you from a title this morning, Possessing Your Tomorrow. Possessing Your Tomorrow. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you, we bless you, we worship you this morning. Thank you for your amazing grace and your presence here today. Lord, we acknowledge you. We acknowledge your presence. We thank you today, Father. And we say, Lord, we yield to you our minds, our tongue, our thoughts to you today. We decrease that you may increase that in everything you'll be glorified and you'll be magnified today. Thank you for your word that never goes out void, but it always accomplishes what you sent it forth to do. Your word saves, heals, set free, and deliver. And it prospers in the thing whereinto you send it, Lord. So we praise you for that today. Father, we thank you that the good soul of our heart is open and receptive to the good seed of your word. We thank you that your word will take root today and manifest and bear fruit in our lives. Thank you, Father. We decree we'll never be the same in Jesus' name. If you can agree with that, can you say amen? amen. Praise God. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And uh, this morning we talked a little about revival. We talked about, uh, we shared just a snippet from 80, uh, Psalms 85 and 6, where God said, will you not, uh, they, uh, the psalm said, will you not revive us again? that we may rejoice in you. Will you not revive us again, that we may rejoice in you? And uh, we're just standing boldly on the, on the fact that, I mean, revival is not only coming, revival is here, and God is desiring to do great and mighty things in the midst of his people, you see. Great and mighty things. And we see this here in Joshua. We, we shared this morning from Joshua chapter 1. Moses is dead, and God is telling Joshua, rise up. And possess your tomorrow. Rise up, Joshua. There's an assignment on your life that has to be fulfilled. Because you're the one that's going to have to take these, these people into the land whereunto I have promised them. I heard the young mother this morning talking about the promises of God. 
the promises of God. Thousands of promises in the Bible. But some of us this morning have what I refer to as prophetic promises hanging over your life. Hanging over your life. Words spoken. Confirmations. Uh, you know, prophetic words given at some point and sometime at some place over your life. And, uh, and if you're not careful, if you don't act on those words, sometimes they'll just hang out there and, and they really want mani- they, they, they won't manifest in your life unless you grab hold to it and possess it and, and run with what God has given you, you see. Just don't let it die. Don't let the word die. So I'm praying today that those prophetic promises will be reactivated, you know, in your life, that they'll come alive on the inside of us. Those things that God have spoken over us, those things that he has promised us. Thank you, Father. And that's what's going on here with Joshua. You see, they were in covenant with God. And how many know when God gives a word and says he's going to do something, he'll do it. Praise God. And we know this is the second generation, the first generation because of faith. They couldn't enter in because of unbelief. And God said, that's fine. Amen. I got another people. Amen. I'll, I'll, I'll raise up the next generation and I'll fulfill my word. They're going in. Praise God. And they're going to possess everything that I have for them. So in that, God wants us to know we have to possess our tomorrow. Everything good has an enemy. Everything good has an enemy. So it's just like when you receive the word, the word comes, faith comes, and then what? The enemy comes to try to steal the word of God out of your heart. I found out a long time ago, when God began to use you, you'll attract an attack. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trials, amen, that come to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, right? Amen. But the trying of our faith, God is still working things in us. He's still working things in us, you see. But you'll attract an attack, and that's because, amen, it is an identifier of who you are in the kingdom and what God has called you to do. It's okay. You never have to worry about your enemy, amen. I'm so glad they can't triumph over us. Isn't what the song said, amen? Hallelujah. They'll never triumph over you. Your enemy will never triumph over you. Matter of fact, it should be under your feet. Look under your shoe this morning and see if you see him. See if you see him under there this morning. There he is, amen. He's under your feet. And, and the Bible says he's been defeated, so he's got no feet, amen? And <laughs> and he's been disarmed, so he has no arms either. Glory to God. <laughs> so, so, so um, you know, his bark is bigger than his bite many times, <laughs> praise God. But the greater one lives in you. Amen. The greater one lives in you. Praise God. So this prophetic promise hanging over your life, it will be fulfilled, okay? The Hebrews, this is the problem, they had a promise, but they couldn't overcome the problem. Let me say it again. They had a promise, but they couldn't overcome the problem. Because what begins to happen is when the promise comes, you have to deal with the problem, then comes the provision. The promise is, uh, amen, I'm taking you somewhere. You're going to have to go through some things, praise God, to get there, amen. But if you'll get through the problem, then comes the provision. Most people get stuck in the problem. They never get beyond the problem. They don't push through the problem. They never overcome the problem. So you got the promise, but you got a problem, amen. And and you haven't quite made it to the provision yet, but guess what? That's about to change, amen. That's about to change. Tell your neighbor, we're going to possess our tomorrow. Glory to God. 
Amen. We're going to possess our tomorrow. Everything that God has for us is coming to pass. Every promise that's been spoken over my life is coming to pass. Hallelujah. Every word, every, listen, it's coming to pass. He said, write the vision, make it plain, though it tarry, it shall. Amen. Don't be weary in well-doing, it shall come to pass. Amen. He said, in due season, in due season is the season, everything that's due you is coming to pass in your life. Glory to God. Come on, grab that this morning. I receive it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. No more delay. No more delay. No more distractions. Amen. No more, listen, we overcome every challenge and over every setback to go after what God has for us today. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. And so what happened was this problem had them and their past was killing their future. Their past were killing their future. You know, there may be people sitting here today and you're still stuck there. You're still stuck in yesterday. What happened back then? What they did to me over there? And it's hard to go forward looking back. You keep looking back. We keep looking back. The Bible tells us to remember Lot's wife. We keep looking back. There's something back there that still has a hole on us that keeps us from moving forward into the future God has for us. And if you're not careful, that past will kill your tomorrow. Because tough times entice people to go backwards. Tough times entice people to go backwards. When they get in the problem, guys, listen, you got to show up for church when you're in the problem. You got to show up for prayer meeting when you're in the problem. You got to get into the praise and worship when you're in the problem because that's when your breakthrough comes, amen, and that's when the word comes, amen, and the anointing and the power will come, and it gives you the faith to see beyond what you see. To see beyond what you see. Lord, lift us up where we belong, amen? Lift us up where we belong so we can see what you see and we can thank your thoughts. Hallelujah. And we can have faith in God, but we can walk with the faith of God on the inside of us. That past was killing their future. 11 days turned into 40 years. 11 days turned into 40 years. Often think about that. I said, Lord, I don't want this to be my testimony. I'm sure you don't want it to be yours. That's something I could have accomplished in 11 years, in 11 days has taken me 40 years. But that's what will happen if you stay stuck in the problem. It's a place called wilderness. It's a place called wilderness. It's a wilderness mentality. It's a wilderness thinking. It's a place where things die. Things dry up. Amen. No movement. Stagnation. All of these things. See, when you get in that wilderness, praise God, and you get in the problem, and, and if all you can focus on is what's behind you, amen, you'll constantly say, let's go back to Egypt. At least we had security. We had this, 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 this. We knew what we were going to eat. We knew where we were going to sleep. We knew what tomorrow was going to bring. It, yeah, it was routine, but at least we knew uh, what was what, and uh, we knew what to expect, which was much of nothing. Amen. But, but what happens is, see, that uncertainty, what it does is frightens us to accept and settle for the familiar. 
Can I say that again? I said uncertainty frightens us. It frightens us to accept and settle for the familiar. It'll cause you to go back to the same old boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Oh, I done hit something there. Glory to God. Let me talk to you about Zimmy this morning. Amen. <laughs> well, how do I know if he loved me? <laughs> He'll put a ring on it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We've been dating for 14 years. Glory to God. If he love you, he'll commit, right? He'll commit. Uh, men are kind of hard to understand sometimes. Amen. Uh, let me move on. I, I'm not going to a rabbit. Amen. A rabbit just ran. I've got, to, I've got to move on. The fellas looking like, don't you tell our secrets. Don't you tell our secrets. I'm going to tell every last one of them. He, he ain't meaning none of that stuff. Don't you, don't you fall for it. And tell him to get you. Tell him I know I'm nice, but don't touch the merchandise. Amen. I'm cold as ice. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> praise God, amen. No ring, no thing. No contract, no contact, amen. <laughs> Get your hands off of me. Praise God. Now, ladies, you need to know that men was created from the dust of the earth, amen. That's why they dirty sometimes, amen. I mean, to God, clean them up. But other than that, they dirty. Praise God. If God don't get a hold to them and clean them up, they might they, they're dirty. Praise God. They riding dirty. So so you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta <laughs> you gotta really really pray. Amen. And make make sure he's seeking after God. You know, that's me and my wife' testimony. I went to church. Amen. I wasn't going for Jesus. Amen. I was chasing my wife. Hallelujah. I was chasing my wife, and I went to church chasing my wife. Praise God. That's why it's so good to be in a Holy Ghost field, anointed church of God. Amen. Because when them demons come up in, I mean, I mean, when people come in that's, that's bound with stuff, amen. Hallelujah. The anointing began to fall. Glory to God. And I fell on my knees. I said, what must I do to be saved? Praise God. I got saved and set free. Hallelujah. And thank God I did. Me and my wife was dating, but God was in her life, a whole life. Praise God. And one night she looked at me, amen, she said, uh, she started crying. And I said, baby, why are you crying? I mean, I know I'm the man, but I mean, I've, I've, I've never had no, you know, nobody to cry like this. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I was feeling some kind of way, man. My chest was way, my chest was way out here. Amen. She said, I'm under conviction. I said, well, what is that? Amen. I never heard of that. What is conviction? What you, what you convicted about? Glory to God. I've never been convicted about anything. <laughs> I wasn't saved, guys. Some of them looking at me like, you are a preacher. No, I wasn't saved then. But what I'm saying is, amen, I didn't know what conviction was, right? I didn't know what it was. I said, you got to explain it to me. Amen. What is conviction? Glory to God. But she was convicted over where she was and where she was living. Amen. Because God was drawing her. God was drawing her. And God was saying to her, enough is enough. You got to get all in with me and you got to let that go, that go, that go, that go. Amen. Because I got plan. I got purpose. I got destiny. I got all of these things for your life. Praise God. And I was a hindrance. I was a hindrance. I was the hindrance. Okay. So ladies, gentlemen, amen. You can't connect with people, amen, that's taking you backwards. 
that's taking you backwards. Let nothing separate you from the love. Don't, you, you can't allow people to take you backwards, okay? And, uh, and, and you get that missionary anointing, well, I'm just going uh, to change him, you know. I'm, I'm just going to change him. That's what's going to happen. No, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Praise God, I've seen it too many times. You're going to be the one getting converted. <laughs> you end up being the one <laughs> um, um, getting converted. Glory to God. And, and going the other way. So hold on to what you got, all right? So trials create an environment where evil cravings begin to grow. And it tempts us to go backwards to what God had delivered us from. Backwards to what God has delivered us from. The Israelites had some major problems to overcome. Major problems to overcome. One of the problems they had, their faith was too small. The Bible said they limited the Holy One of Israel. Their faith was too small. And if your faith is too small, all you can see is problems. Problems. If your faith is too small, all you can see is they are stronger than me. If your faith is too small, amen, you'll begin to walk in uh, low self-worth and low self-esteem. If your faith is too small, all you'll see is giants. You'll see giants. You'll see walled cities. Amen. You'll see warriors. You'll see all of these things. When the armies of Israel, when, when, when Goliath, amen, was defying the armies of the living God, all the children of Israel, the armies of Israel, all they could see was this giant. This giant. But David had relationship with God. David walked with God. Amen. As a shepherd. I love that analogy. As a shepherd. Y'all got an awesome shepherd. You know what a good shepherd, the number one quality of a good shepherd? They love the sheep. And that's where David learned to hear from God. Tending sheep. It's not a small thing. Tending sheep. And while tending sheep, I worship you, almighty God. It's one in the morning. Nobody but him and sheep. There is none like you. And he's just worshiping God. And you know what he did? He got a hold to God's heart. And God was like, I, I love that man. He's a man. He knows how to touch my heart. He was a man after God's own heart. And because of that relationship with God, because of that walk with God, even when the prophet came to town to anoint the next king of Israel, the daddy didn't even call David in the house. Rejected by his father. Didn't even call him in the house. Samuel said, surely you have another son. Because this guy looks like the one, but he ain't it. He's not the one. Surely you got another son. Oh, yeah, there is David, but you don't want him. Surely he's not the one. You know where David was? He's tending them sheep. He's out there with them sheep. Praise God. So you see, when he came before Saul, now I'm off in somewhere else now, but you should stay with me. When he came before Saul, and they was talking about this giant, when David showed up at the battle, the first thing they said to him, well, who you lead them few sheep with? Who you lead them few? See, they said it as an insult. Amen. But what they did, they insulted God. Because he's a type and shadow of Jesus Christ. Amen. As a matter of fact, he wanted to build God a house, and God said, no, let me build you a house. 
and give you a son as a Messiah. And blind beggars still crowd, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You know why, guys? Because David understood something here. And so when he came to the battle and he saw the giant, all David saw was who is this uncircumcised Philistine who's defined the armies of the living God. You see, faith don't care how big he is, how ugly he is, how bad he is, you know, wh what type of weapons he got. Faith don't see any of that. Faith sees God. All David know is, amen, when I was out there keeping, not his sheep, but the father's sheep, a bear showed up and the anointing of God came on me. Glory to God. And I defeated the bear. Hallelujah. And a lion showed up. He was a protector of the sheep. It reveals his heart. Amen. He said, then when the lion showed up, the anointing of God came, and I defeated that lion. And he said, you know what? This situation is no different than that situation. The same God that was with me then will be with me now. I don't care how big he is. I don't care how much trash he's talking. All I know is they come with me with spear and sword, but I come to you in the name of the living God. Glory to God. He said, you're going to die today. I'm going to cut your head off. I'm going to feed you to the bird. David began to speak it before it came to pass. Why? He had relationship with God. Had relationship with God. Hallelujah. He says, Saul, you ain't got to worry about this problem. This is it's not a real problem. It's a problem to you, but he's no problem for God. See, your problem, it may be a problem to you, but it's no problem for God. Their faith was too small. Secondly, they had a heart of unbelief. I call this symptoms of spiritual heart failure. It's one of them, amen. It's a heart of unbelief. It's a heart of unbelief. Amen. And God wants us to know it's not what we think or see or feel, but what I believe, what I believe, what I believe. That's what moves God. What you believe. What do you believe about you? What do you believe about your future? What do you believe about the promises of God that's been spoken over your life? I don't know about you this morning, but I believe I receive everything God has for me. Say that with me. I believe I receive everything that God has for me. I believe that this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thirdly, wilderness mentality. They had a wilderness mentality once again. That's defeated thinking and you can't see beyond what you see. You can't see beyond what you see because you're walking by sight and not by faith. And you'll only see the challenges. You'll only see the walls. You'll only see the difficulties that stand before you. Praise God. And what it'll drive you to do is into the next thing. It'll drive you into murmuring and complaining. Murmuring and complaining. Well, God, if you're with me, why am I going through this? Well, God, if you're with me, and uh, why is this happening? You know, and sometimes God, he had to tell me like he told Moses one time. I was in a situation. I mean, it was a dire situation. It was the worst situation I'd ever been in in ministry. The 28 years I've been pastoring, it was the worst. You know, it was like the evil day. It was like the worst day of my life in ministry. And I was literally like Jehoshaphat. I don't know what to do. I really don't know what to do. I had in my mind what I thought I should do, but I really didn't know what to do. And God's word to me was this. Move forward. Move forward. Move forward. And I'm thinking, you're kidding, right? 
move forward. I can't even move. I can't move backwards. You could have told me to move backwards. I would have been struggling. I, he, he said, <laughs> it's something how God will put the word back on you, right? You think you know the word till you get in a situation, and instead of using the word, you start whining and crying. And God be like, get up off of that floor. Hush up off. That's what, that's, what, that's what it was like. And I was like, move forward, amen. And then God began to show me in his word, amen, that when Moses was bringing the children of Israel out the Red Sea and the army was behind them and the sea was in front of them and the mountains on the side of them, amen, and he began to cry out to God, I don't know what to do, which way I'm going to go. Uh, God, we, we trapped, we stuck, they're going to kill us all. God said, Moses, what is that in your hand? He said, stretch it out. What's in your hand? Stretch it out. And move these people forward. And move these people forward. Praise God. Hallelujah. God don't do division and subtraction. He only does addition and multiplication. No matter where you are today, do not go backwards. Don't go to the left. Don't go to the right. Don't look to the, uh, uh, don't, don't look to the, the hands of men and all of that. Amen. Look unto the hills from which cometh all your help. And possess your tomorrow. Move forward. Move forward. Move forward. I'll guarantee you, you'll bump into God. Amen. Move forward. Listen, he still parts the Red Sea. Glory to God. He's still the God of miracles. He still works mightily in and through his, for his people. If we'll believe him. Murmuring and complaining always feeds your doubts. It starves your faith and it feeds your doubt. Remember the complaint is saying to God, I'm never satisfied. No matter what you do, no matter what you brought me through, how you brought me out, how much you've worked in my life, I'm never satisfied. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm dissatisfied with what you're doing in my life. I mean, how dare you put me in a situation <laughs> like this? And then got the nerve to speak in tongues. Sha, sha, ta, ta, ta. There ain't no real tongue. Don't fool yourself, amen. That folk, listen, they're not faith tongue, man. That's them. Sound like you're trying to start a car or something. Amen. Praise God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And uh, so, so anyway, you're saying God is your fault. It's your fault. Why we got to go through all that? Where is God when you need him? He's where he was yesterday. Same place. Amen. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In him, there's no vibrantness, no shadows of turning. He's the same place. He resides in us. He resides in us. I'm so glad this morning. Amen. That he no longer dwells in a temple made by man's hand. God, listen, David wanted to build God a house. God asked him a question. What kind of house, David, you going to put me in? Like, you're going to find the best house in the city. You know, in Rochester, amen. I don't know where the best houses are, amen. Uh, it's probably the one you live in. That's the best house, praise God. If it's full of love and the power of God, that's the best house to live in. You know, size, you know. But anyway, but the point is, he said, uh, <laughs> David wanted to build him a house. God's like, what kind of house you going to put me in? Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. He said, show me a house you'll put me in. 
But then God began to talk about what was coming. Praise God. He said, uh, he said, the day is coming. Amen. The day is coming to where I'm going to move out of these temples. I'm going to move from behind that veil. And I'm going to dwell in you. I'm going to dwell in you. I'm going to dwell in you. I'm going to walk in you. And I'm going to talk in you. I'm going to be your God. And you're going to be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord. You see that? And of course, the prophet Joel, I heard uh, Evangelist Tony talking about the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. All flesh. He said, your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. Your old men are going to dream, dream. Your young men are going to see vision. And upon your maidservant, your manservant, I'll pour out my spirit in that day, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Prophetic word. Prophetic promise. And on the day of Pentecost, hallelujah. Amen. When, when they fully come, the Bible said there came a rush of mighty wind from heaven and it filled all the house where they were sitting and they began to speak in other tongues. Amen. And then when they went out into the street, the people said, oh, they're drunk. These men are drunk. It's nine o'clock in the morning. Peter said, no, we're not drunk as you suppose. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. That in the last day says, God, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And God fulfilled that. And he moved out of that temple, guys. And guess what? He said, your bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And that's what he did. He moved into us and we became his dwelling place. God is alive on the inside of us this morning, thanks of God. Come on, shout about that, guys. God lives in me. He lives in you. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, praise God, there's liberty, there's freedom, there's deliverance. One old fellow from the country said, everything I want is either illegal, immoral, or fattening. Praise God. So I, I, don't, know, <laughs> I don't know what you want. <laughs> I don't know what you want, but listen, your dreams must become greater than your memories. Your dreams must become greater than your memories. What does that mean? Whatever's before you has to be greater than what happened to you or what's behind you. Something has to be pulling you forward. Amen. There has to be something in front of you that you desire more than wanting to go back to that thing that God brought you from, that memory that God brought you from. Amen. This is what Paul said. He said, I count myself not to have apprehended, but this one thing, and then he told us two things, I do. He said, I'm forgetting those things which are behind me. And I'm reaching what? Forward to those things which are ahead of me. He said, I press toward the goal for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I'm pressing forward to possess my tomorrow. Now, we know Paul had a great resume, hallelujah, as a Jew, as a Pharisee, all of these things. Paul said, I can it all but done. It means absolutely nothing that I might know him. Paul said, I got to know him. He said, forget about all of that. I've got to know him. He's the prize. He is the prize. Jesus is the prize this morning. So what's before you must be greater than what's behind you. And what's in you 
must be greater than what's surrounding you. Amen. You see, there's two types of wilderness. Jesus went into the spirit-led wilderness, but then the Israelites went into, amen, what we call, amen, a trouble, a trial, a test wilderness, praise God, and they never came out. They ended up circling the mountain. Glory to God. Yesterday is gone. Today is the present. You must possess your tomorrow. You must possess your inheritance. Tomorrow is a promised land. It's a promised ministry. It's a promise fulfilled. It's a promise commitment, a promise life, a promise marriage. It's a promise miracle, an abundant life. It's a full measure. It's a no lack. It's a day, a new day. It's a new season. Amen. It's, it's full provision from God. It's a full provision from God. And these prophetic promises and decrees, we're going to pray over those in a moment, hanging over your life, words spoken, waiting to be fulfilled, brought to fruition, I believe it's manifestation time. I believe it's manifestation time. As a matter of fact, for this year, God told me to proclaim that. Confirmation and manifestation. Confirmation and manifestation. God watches over his word to, conform, to, 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 to confirm it, you see. He'll confirm the word. Amen. He confirms his word. And so, saints of God, listen to me. Manifestation is when everything you've been believing God for began to manifest and become to come to fruition. And it happens. You see, it's happened. It's real time. You're no longer praying about it, believing for it, but it's boom. It's here. It's happened. Manifestation of God's promises spoken. Amen. Somebody shout, it's manifestation time. Glory to God. The wait is over. Glory to God. We receive it now. The spirit of containment will dictate to you where and how far you can go. It seeks to keep you in one place forever. That's what the enemy wants for you and me, to contain you. You got enough, Jesus. You got enough this. You all right, just settle down. What's the big deal? What's with all this praising and worshiping? All that ain't necessary. Oh, yes, it is necessary. Listen. <laughs> oh, no, you're not going to contain me. He'll try to contain your heart and keep you at one place. I love this church, man, because y'all moving, man. Y'all keep moving and keep progressing and going after what God has for you. Glory to God. Y'all with me this morning? I mean, going after what God, I don't know. I think I'm more excited than you guys. Amen. I don't know what it is. Amen. But <laughs> Hallelujah. I think I'm going to move my membership. <laughs> Shoot. At least, you know what I mean, I have dual membership. I can have a dual membership. Praise God. I just want to be at the meeting. Amen. I ain't got to preach. I want to be at the meeting. Anyway, let's, listen, God. But I believe today there's a breakthrough anointing. Somebody shout breakthrough. breakthrough. Hallelujah. Breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. I just believe there's a breakthrough anointing. Glory to God. That God want to do something unusual in the midst of us. And when that breakthrough anointing comes, hallelujah, it releases the people of God to recover, to reclaim, to retrieve, and to restore everything that's been delayed, everything that's been lost, everything that's been stolen. Decree this morning, it's coming back to me. Praise God. Hallelujah, everything is coming 
back to me. It's being restored. We serve a God of restoration. And the anointing for breakthrough comes to release revelation and acceleration and advancement and, and to tear down barriers and shift the outcome. It's a turnaround. Hallelujah. It's a supernatural Holy Ghost turnaround. What the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it around and work it for your good because all things work together for good to them who love God and are called according to his purpose this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's an anointing that'll break through every wall, every problem, every situation. I don't, listen, it doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter what it is. Hallelujah. Amen. It will liberate you and unshackle you. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for that this morning. And I believe it's an accelerated anointing. I believe that what God is doing, he wants to do it quickly. I believe he's doing a quick work, a quick work, and quick work. It don't take God all year to get it done. Hallelujah. We can possess it today. You can possess it tomorrow. But we grab it right now in Jesus' name. Breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. You are the God of breakthrough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nothing missing and nothing broken. Huh? Nothing missing and nothing broken. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, guys, we don't always know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. Hallelujah. And one of the things why we can't possess what God has for us is sometimes we refuse to consecrate ourselves and surrender ourselves to him, release the past, believe, and receive. And amen, I read that scripture, amen. God said this, consecrate yourself to God, and I'll do amazing things among you tomorrow. If we're really serious about revival, I mean, if we're really serious about revival, let me tell you where it starts and how it starts. It starts with you and you and you and you and you and you and me. Draw a circle around yourself and just say, Lord, whatever you are going to do, whatever you're planning to do, don't do it without me. Praise God. Let it start with me. Because I believe if I can get revived, Jesus told Peter, once you get strengthened and straighten out Peter and stop talking so much, he said, go back and help your brother, strengthen your brother. You that are strong, he said, you ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. Amen. And I believe if I get revived, I can help somebody else get revived. Praise God. Hallelujah. And, uh, but we got to let go and let God. Because when you're stuck in the problem, there's things that come to stifle the anointing over your life. See, from flowing like it needs to. And you'll get into a wilderness, you'll get into a wilderness place. It's a wilderness place, amen, and, and you'll get stuck there. You'll get stuck there. But God wants to do amazing things. Listen, and uh, that's noble and good, amen, that we want to do amazing things for God, that is. But God wants to do some amazing things for us, just like David. He said, David, I don't need you to build me a house. I'm going to build you one. I'm going to build you one. Sometimes we fight so many unnecessary battles. So many unnecessary battles, okay, if we're not trusting and obeying God. When they asked Dr. Young Cho 
you know, from South Korea. You know, his church was running a million people, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. Man, how do you do it? How do you structure it? How do you deal with staff? How do you deal with that? You know what his simple reply was? I pray and I obey. I pray and I obey. Pretty simple, isn't it? And guess what God did? He said, I'll take it from there. I'll do amazing things in your life tomorrow. That's what he told the children of Israel. You see, God just, we say we're waiting on God, but sometimes, you know what? He's waiting on us. Hallelujah. He's waiting on us. Glory to God. He's waiting on us. And this is why they miss their aborted their assignment. I'm closing. Praise God. Amen. I'm closing, baby. Praise God. My wife. Amen. How many of y'all married in here? How many of y'all married? Praise God. Amen. Well, most of y'all got one Holy Ghost. <laughs> I got two Holy Ghosts. I couldn't go to hell if I tried. Amen. I just couldn't. She'll pull me out. Glory to God. I'm, I'm kidding, baby. She said, don't do that. Don't say, baby, okay. They, they know I'm just, okay. Come on. Praise God. Yeah. I, I am in trouble now. She, I might as well dig on in. I'm already, listen. <laughs> I might have to catch a flight this evening. Amen. Listen, I might as well dig on in because I don't know if she's going to stay with me tonight. Praise God. But anyway, baby, what I mean, I don't mean that in a bad way. Okay. That's a good thing. Praise God. mm 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 Shoot, the men ain't laughing. The men, they like, brother, listen, you need, you, 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 you own to something. You own to something. But anyway, <laughs> hallelujah. First of all, they misunderstood their mandate. They misunderstood their mandate. It wasn't about to see if they could take the land, but how to take the land. They overanalyzed the situation. And they actually talked themselves out of doing what God had called them to do. Secondly, they got focused on the challenges. They started looking at their inabilities. We're grasshoppers. We're small. We're weak. They stated all the facts. The giants, they're strong, they're walled, they're warriors, they're this, they're that. But the truth is, we're well able to take the land. That was the truth. You got to separate truth from fact. They failed to recognize their potential in God. Number four, they fail to realize that whatever you carry as a leader is contagious. Whatever you carry as a leader is contagious. And these leaders went into the land. They saw the land. They came back. They had small faith. They began to say all of these negative things, and they imparted it into the people. And you know what the people did? They cried all night. It broke their hope. Amen. It stripped them of their faith. Amen. It took away any chance that they had of believing that God's going to come through for us. Because if you guys don't believe, how do you expect us to believe? So our job here is consecration. It's surrendering all of you to all of him. It's a call to holiness, setting yourself apart, full devotion, fully committed. It means to divorce yourself from anything that is unclean, unfit, unholy, unacceptable, ungodly, and unlawful. Divorce yourself from it. God said, consecrate yourself because I want to do some amazing things in you and through you tomorrow. You see that? That's where 
revival begins. Boatloads of people go to church all of their life. Follow all the rules, but never follow Jesus. Never follow Jesus. One theologian said, boredom is the root of all evil. You know? And in some ways, many churches in our nation have become boring. I don't know about you, but I don't want a boring church. Amen? I know you ain't got no boring church here. That's for sure. <laughs> Glory to God. I don't want no boring singing, boring praying, boring life. Don't want a boring wife. Can you say amen? Amen? Why? We don't serve a boring God. He's El Shaddai. He's the God that's more than enough. He's the all-sufficient one that supplies all of our needs, heals all of our diseases. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank God for that. And you can't be in the presence of the God and the will of God and be bored at the same time. Can you say amen to that? Hallelujah. So I say this to you. Stay humble and stay hungry. Stay humble and stay hungry. Because if we're not hungry for God, we're probably full of ourselves. I'll say that again. Praise God. I just want to make sure I'm not throwing no rotten tomato up here. Amen. Just, I'm just waiting. Glory to God. I said, if you're not hungry for God, we're probably full of ourselves. And if you're full of yourself, God cannot fear you with himself until he empties you of yourself. That's where revival begins. That's where revival begins. Thank you, Father. And that's how you're going to possess your inheritance. Let's pray today. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Don't follow the crowd. Don't follow the crowd. Joshua and Caleb had a different spirit. They knew what God was saying and they knew what to do. And they said, we're well able to overcome. We're well able to do what God has given us to do. If you're going to possess your inheritance, you got to obey your insides, your inner witness. Silence the noise, the voices, the distractions. Right now, perhaps the Holy Ghost is knocking on the door of your heart and he's pointing his finger on something, saying, you know what? I'll do amazing things for you tomorrow. But you got to let that go. You need to just let that go. You know? And your flesh is saying, oh, but I don't want to let that go. If you're going to move beyond where you are, and if you really want revival, if you really want to see God move in your life, in your house, in your children, in your ministry, in your future, praise God, then let it all go. Let it all go. It's a scripture in your Bible that says if you seek to save your life, you're going to lose it. You only get to keep what you give away. That's the deal. You seek to save it, you'll lose it. But if you'll lose it, for my sake, Jesus said, I'll give it back and I won't just give you life. I'll give you life abundantly, overflowing, excessive to the full. You won't be able to contain it. Hallelujah. So if that's you today, amen, we're going to pray for you. We want to pray for you. If you want to come to the altar, matter of fact, that would be great if you want to take a step of faith. 
and just come down to the altar as a sign of faith and just say, you know what? Giving it all. It don't even have to be necessarily what you call sin. It could just be something that's not profitable. It's a stumbling block. It's not good for you. Put it that way. It's not good for you. Maybe good for somebody else. It's not good for you. Maybe it's not the season. Maybe it's not the time. I don't know. Sometimes when you give things up for God, once you consecrate it to him, he'll give it back to you. Once he knows, it no longer has you. You see. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. So let me just pray this morning, and I'll turn the service back over to Pastor. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to share the word today. We thank you for the power and the anointing of God that's been present in this house today. But the most important thing of all, Lord, the thing that's on your heart this morning and the thing that'll be on your heart tomorrow morning is souls. 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 Glory to God. While we were yet sinners, you died for us. You gave it all. Thank you, Father. And it's a small thing to give it back to you. Today we release everything, Father. Everything, God. Every hindrance, every weight, every barrier. Glory to God. We give it back to you, Father. We cast all of those cares over on you because we know you love us. We know you always have our best interests at heart. In the mighty name of Jesus. So according to the word that's been preached today, Lord, revival begins in my life. You're doing amazing things in my life today and surely I'm going to possess my tomorrow. I believe it, I receive it, and I thank you in advance for all that you're going to do to you be the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen and amen. Glory to God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, we're gonna, I'm going to turn the service back over to Pastor's hand. I probably won't get to say anything else today. But I just want to say to uh, Faith Church, to Pastor Steve, to Pastor Dollar, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you guys for receiving us, me and my wife. It's, it's truly, truly, truly been a blessing. It's truly been an honor. And you guys have something so precious here have something so precious, you know. Where I'm from, you don't get to see so much diversity, you know, in worship like you have here on your stage and people worshiping together and things like that. Uh, you know, fight for that unity. Amen. That's right. Fight for it. Endeavor, amen, to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Praise God. Because that's where the power flows. How good and pleasant it is for brethren dwell together in unity God said I'll commend the blessing I'll commend the blessing so expect expect the blessings of God over your life y'all got great leadership expect change, expect favor expect open doors everywhere you go, expect everything you put your hands to hallelujah everything you put your hands to the blessings of God will come on it, amen Shout hallelujah this morning. Glory to God. I tell you what. Amen. Thanks again for listening to our Faith Church podcast. We are so glad you chose to listen to this message. 
Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications when we release new content. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Faith Church Rock to find out more information about what is currently happening at Faith Church.